All right, so I'm about ready to begin a brand new series this week called RIP, Rest in Peace. (laughs) I love the excitement. You guys are so fun. Rest in peace. And no, I'm not saying we all need to die. But what I'm saying is this. I actually started to think about what would be a good series for this month. And what God led me to was was rest. Because we've talked a lot about this year about things that God is doing through us and in us and through the church. And, And I feel like what God is saying is we need to learn how to rest. So I started looking up rip because I'm like hey it's October so rip right and now you see that on tombstones and stuff like that and I researched a little bit what that meant so when you see rest in peace in a cemetery you know what that means it basically means that now you're dead so now you can rest there's nothing that's going to get in your way between resting because you've passed away and you know I, I thought about that for a minute and I said you know what I don't want to die in order for me to learn how to rest. Amen. So for those of us that are in Christ, we know that we're going to have eternal rest in heaven. That's going to happen, right? For those of us that are not, don't let me talk about hell right now, but that's what's going to happen. and will not be a whole lot of rest. But resting is something that as we're walking in this natural life, we need to learn. Amen. And what I'm finding is that I'm having a hard time as a pastor learning how to truly rest. So I know if I'm having a hard time, those of you with jobs that work in the corporations, that work uh, uh, blue-collar type jobs, whatever it may be, I know that rest for every one of us in this room, students, you name it, is something that's very elusive in our life. Am I right? Very elusive because it's hard for us to slow down. So if you're tired, if you're burned out, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're strung out, if you're overburdened, whatever it is that you want to label yourself today as being unrested, then today in the next couple weeks, it's time to learn how to truly rest. Because somebody else had to rest, and that somebody else is God. In Genesis chapter 2, this is what it reads. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Did God have to rest? No, he's God, right? He doesn't need spiritual, physical, mental, or emotional rest. He's God. But what he actually did was take time to admire his handiwork. He made space to be able to take a look at how much he is glorified in his creation. And how often do we forget all that God has done in our life and all that God has created because we're just too busy to take the time to make space for him to be on our life. We're too busy. Like if I were to ask half of you in this room, how are you doing your answer would be busy, right? It's like in America, we wear that with a sense of pride. Like I'm busy. I'm doing things all the time, all the time. Well, hey, can I get a lunch appointment? Nope, I'm busy. Hey, can I spend some time with you maybe over dinner? Nope, I'm too busy. Hey, can we do this and that? No, I'm too busy. It's the common answer for all of us. And you know what we're busy doing? 
Can I be honest with you? We're busy building our own kingdoms. We're busy building our own kingdoms. And that's something that, that I've had to really think long and hard about in my life. Am I building God's kingdom? Or am I building Jeff Pibus's kingdom? And kingdoms are different with all of us because we're in different stages of our life. So if we have kids, there's the kid kingdom, right? They play sports. They're in whatever activity they're in, theater, you name it. That's a kingdom. And then I got my marriage. That's a kingdom. And then I have my job and trying to climb that corporate ladder. That's a kingdom. And I'm a pastor of a church. That's a kingdom. I mean, I'm being honest with you. And, and we're busy building those kingdoms. And, and that's, that's what we do. And, and what really what the, the, the source of our busyness is really is pride. The fact that we are not able to rest is prideful. Because we're making it about ourselves. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's no time for Jesus. None. There's three types of rest that I'm going to go over the next three weeks. Today we're talking about spiritual rest. Spiritual rest is the most important rest that we can have. Spiritual rest is the foundation for all other rest. If we're not spiritually rested biblically, then the rest of our rest is not going to happen. It's just not. So if today we can learn how to rest spiritually, then the rest for physical, the rest for our mental, that's going to come. But it's a vicious cycle. It really is. Because if I can't rest spiritually, I won't be able to rest physically, which means I won't be able to rest mentally, and vice versa. If I don't rest mentally and physically, then what's going to suffer? My spiritual rest. Because I have no time left for Jesus. And usually it's a default mechanism to me having my own self time. Because I need time for myself. I'm so burned out physically and mentally, I need to make time for me. So what gets pushed off to the side is Jesus, the spiritual side of our rest. And that's the most important side. And I'm going to tell you this, y'all. I am horrible at resting spiritually. I'm horrible at it. Because my excuse is, well, I'm building the kingdom of God here at home church. (laughs) I don't get enough sleep. My mind is always racing, and that will lead to burnout. And what's crazy is all of us in here are probably burned out anyway and strung out, but we come waltzing in this church, and we got a mask on our face, and we're smiling from ear to ear like there's no problem. Like I got all the energy in the world. And we end up leaving church, and we go to default mechanism of strung out, burned out, unrested. Now, I'd like to wake up every morning feeling like I'm ready to take on the world for Jesus, amen? That's what I want to do. We got a kingdom, and that's God's kingdom, to build. And there ain't no way we can do it if we're burned out, strung out, anxious, stressed, unrested. But Pastor Jeff, I have a schedule. I got this schedule that I got to keep, you know? And... And what's funny is, you know, Jesus gave us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. But yet, for some reason, we can't take authority over our schedule. 
Like, how am I supposed to fight hell and have authority over it if I can't have authority in my own life schedule and what I got going on? Well, you don't understand. I got to take my kid here and I got to take this kid there and I got to do this for work and I got to do this for the wife. And, and all those things are okay, but they're not okay if they're taking authority over you. If it's stressing you out, stringing you out to the point where you can't do anything for Jesus. When Jesus said that I want you to do the things that I did, but you will also do the greater things. Hey, you know what? I think we can scoop by. We can have a busy, busy life and not rest and still do things for Jesus. But what ultimately happens is those greater things, right? Those greater things that we're looking to do for him, we're not going to be able to do. And the quality of how we help God build his kingdom really depends upon the amount of physical, mental, spiritual rest that we're able to get. And that's very important. So with that, I want to pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word into people's lives today. I ask right now, as we're sitting here kind of marinating on the things that I've already said about where we need to rest, to be able to help you build your kingdom, not our kingdoms. I'm asking you today, Father, that you open hearts today to receive, ears to hear, and transformation to take place. And then as we leave today, we're going to begin taking steps to have a healthy, spiritual, rested life. And I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us in here just need to chill. <laughs> we just need to chill. Some of us in here need to learn how to say no. And, and I, th I heard that, Becky. Amen, sister. And see, it's not, it's not selfish to say no if you're trying to carve out some time to rest so that you're giving 110% to what God has you doing. Because everything you're doing in your life is his plan anyway, right? So I'm saying yes to everything there ain't going to be no time for me to rest. Before Lisa and I went to Scotland a couple of months ago, I received a word from Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> she gave me an awesome word, and what she said was, I pray that you find rest when you're there. And I was like, what are you talking about? Now, I'm admitting that to you. I was like, what are you talking about? Because I know the moment that we land in Scotland, that moment that we land and we get into Pastor Dave's car, we're going straight to church for Wednesday night. And then from there, it's bam, 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 bam. We are running ragged for the rest of the time we're there. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? And see, I didn't realize what she meant until I was there. I didn't learn what that meant until Sunday, which was several days after we got there. Sunday morning, Pastor Dave dropped me off at his church early because he had to go run and do some things. And, and so I was there early and I had the whole place to myself, which I, I was very humbled that he actually trusted me to be in the church alone, which was kind of cool. And, and, and so I was in, in their auditorium and I was just praying because I was really nervous about the message I believe that God gave me to preach that morning. And I was just praying, praying, just praying in the spirit, just spending time with Jesus and that was probably the most fulfilling time that I've had in a long time. And it's amazing when you face a challenge and, and you're able to discipline yourself to put that challenge aside 
and just focus on Jesus. And see, what I learned was to, to lean on him more and trust on him so that by the time it came for me to actually preach, I was rested spiritually. Like I was ready to go. And I believe it went well. I'll leave you to judge of that. If you want to go back and watch it, you can. But I just felt like inside, my spirit man was rested. And I was ready to go. And so when we came back, even though we were physically and mentally exhausted, both Lisa and I felt like we were spiritually renewed, like we were spiritually rested. And even some of you made the comment out in the lobby, the very first Sunday we came back was, there's something different about you, Pastor Jeff. I got several comments about that. And it's like God did something in me and in Lisa during that time to where we just felt like we were just renewed inside. There is that spiritual rest. And now I knew exactly what Carolyn meant. It didn't have anything to do with physical. It had all to do with our spiritual man, our spirit man, our rest. And I just absolutely love that. So if you're taking notes this morning, please take some notes this morning. We're about to get into a passage that's very familiar with all, all of us that are in Christ, that have been a Christian for a long time, that have read the Bible, that maybe have been in church for a long time. You've heard this passage before. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 11 if you want to turn there. Matthew chapter 11, if you want to flip on the YouVersion Bible app in your, on your phone or on your device, you can do that. My notes are in there for that. And this is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a great passage. I love this passage because Jesus is talking about he is the source of our rest. Put this in context, he just gets through rebuking the Pharisees, which are the religious people that are coming against him. He also gets through rebuking the cities that have denied him. And so he comes to this passage right at the very end of chapter 11 and says these things. This is ultimately in regards to our eternal rest, that is salvation, which only can be found in him. But as believers, I think sometimes we need to be reminded who our Lord is and where our salvation came from and where our rest comes from. That this applies to all of us too, no matter how long you've been following Jesus. So what I want to do is I want to break this down. See, the salvation that Jesus offers us is for our eternal rest. But as we receive him as our Lord and Savior and begin to follow him, then we're going through a process called sanctification. And that sanctification, we need to have rest in the natural part of our life as well. As we grow in Jesus, we need to be able to receive that rest for the now, not just when we're in heaven. Does that make sense? So in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 Let's just take this passage and allow me to break it down a little bit. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you're taking notes, the very first step in receiving spiritual rest is to go to him. Step one. 
This is the easiest step, in my opinion, although it can be the hardest as well. Because like I said, as we're busy throughout our days, what we end up happening is so busy that, that we push him off to the side and we have no time for him. Let me tell you something. How often do you all pick up this little device? Listen, guys, I, like I said, I'm preaching to myself. Instead of going to Jesus, I go to the iPhone. I do. And there's something that comes up every Sunday morning before I come up on this stage and you all get the same thing. If you have an iPhone, you get the same thing. It's an alert and it says screen time. And how many of you look at that alert? I'm looking at it right now. My weekly, I should say this, my daily average. So every day I'm on my phone for an hour and 43 minutes average last week. Hour and 43 minutes. The most time that I spend while I'm on my phone is on Facebook. I average one hour a day on Facebook. Gosh, I am being extremely transparent with you guys right now. <laughs> the next thing is WhatsApp. I spent a lot of time texting Pastor Dave. So there's, there's this, this thing called the iPhone that we go to instead of going to Jesus. But Pastor Jeff, this is for me. This is my time, right? I need my time. And you do. And there's nothing wrong with taking some time for yourself. But if this is replacing your time with Jesus, then your first step is to put this down and go to him. Amen? It just is. So he makes this invitation. He makes this invitation to come to him and he says, all of us, right? There's not one person exempt. He said, all who labor and are heavy laden. How many of us have jobs? Or you're a laborer, you can go to Jesus. How many of us have burdens and they're heavy? Well, guess what? You're burdened and you can go to Jesus. How many of us don't know Jesus? They have yet to receive him as Lord and Savior. He's saying, you can come to me as well. This is not just for us that are believers. This primarily, like I said, is a passage for those of us who have yet to believe in him. For those of us that are watching online or maybe in this room that have yet to say, you know what, Jesus, I want you. I believe in you and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to begin this thing called life and following you. I want to have the true life that you offer and I want to start following you. Listen, I believe there's still some people that are sitting in this room that probably will not admit it. Maybe they will at the end. I pray that you will. For some of you that are watching online right now that are sitting on the fence. I hear him say, come to me and that he will give me the rest that I really need. But I haven't made the decision yet because I'm still trying to figure out maybe if he's the right way. Let me tell you something, folks. He is the right way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father but by him. And I'm not saying that in a condemning way if you haven't made the decision yet. I'm saying, man, the time is short. It's time to go to Jesus, amen. It just is. Don't sit on the fence anymore. Billy Graham said this, that an indecision is a decision. You have to decide either way. It's very black or white. There is no gray area. There is, well, I wonder if maybe this Buddha is right or maybe this God is right or Muhammad is right or no, there is only one 
way, and his name is Jesus. So, when he says, come to me, if you have yet to make that decision, listen, this is why we're here. We're not here to feel good. We're not here to, to experience some kind of self-help. We're here to receive Jesus. Whether you're in Christ or you're not, we need to receive him. We need to go to him. That's why you come to church. It's a physical act of actually coming to him. There is no more sitting on the fence. So whether you're in Christ or not, it's time to get off the fence. Because I think the, some of the fences that we sit on are my life, my schedule, my busyness, my pride, my kingdom building, my whatever. And we got to get off of that and we got to go all in for Jesus. Essentially, the way I look at it is we're a bunch of Marthas buzzing around Jesus busy. But what we need to be is Mary sitting at his feet. That is where we're going to get that spiritual rest. So the very first thing we need to do is to go to him. And I believe, honestly, the easiest decision you can make in going to him is to receive him as Lord and Savior. For me, I raise my hand one day and I say, yep, I want to follow Jesus. Easy decision. The best decision I made in my entire life. It'll be the best decision you've ever made in your life. The hardest part of going to him is when my life is busy as I try to follow him. That's the hardest part of my life. It's making a decision to sit at his feet like Mary and actually take him in and get the good portion to do the best thing that I can, and that is to sit at his feet and to learn from him. There is cause and effect. Like he said, come to me, I will give you rest. For those of you that are buzzing around like Martha and don't have any semblance of rest or, or, or peace in your life, well then, come to him and he will give you that rest. Jesus is the center of our spiritual rest in this life and in the next. And if he's the center, that means we need to go to him. So off your phones. I know I'm speaking to you all in here. I know I am. Because it's, it's, I could feel it in me. I, I start to feel that resentment that you would, I got to put this down. Yeah. Yes. We have to. He goes on to say in verse 29, and this will be the second thing that I want you to write down. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So it's one thing to go to Jesus. It's another thing to actively engage with Jesus. And I know, men, how many times have your wife said to you, I know you hear me, but are you listening? Okay, honesty. Thank you, Matt. Anybody else? Right here. Hey, if I can be completely transparent with you, I'm so busy up here. So busy doing whatever that sometimes I'm not very aware when it comes to my relationship with Lisa. So when I hear this, yes, we need to be aware in our family's life. We need to be aware in our marriage. But when I go to Jesus, I need to be aware of him. I need to tune in. I need to be actively engaged. This whole yoke thing that Jesus talks about, remember, they're in an agrarian society. In order to plow a field effectively, it's better to take a yoke and put two oxes under that yoke and they work together. 
right? And that's what's happening here. What he's saying is, is I'm the Lord of your life. You need to connect with me, and we need to do this thing called life together. And that's where you're going to get your spiritual rest. It's a whole lot better when there's two working at it, especially when it's Jesus and you, versus just you on your own doing your own thing, building your own kingdom. So being yoked together is the best thing. Because when you're yoked together, then you are connected and you're aware of each other. You're aware of each step you're taking together. You're aware of what you're doing and how you're fulfilling the task. And there's this awareness that's going to give you that rest. And to put it in our own 21st century practicality means, if we're talking about this openly as believers, how many times have you all read your Bible but you won't remember what it said? You've read your Bible and you're like, well... I don't know what it said, but my gosh, I read my Bible and I could check that box for the day. Or how many times we've come in here and worshiped and we're worshiping to a worship song, but yet we're, we're just singing. We're not really paying attention to what the words are saying. We're not picturing in our minds what it means. Instead, our minds are elsewhere. We're thinking about lunch in about an hour, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Somebody, all of you are being honest. There's some honest people in there, and I appreciate that. So see, Jesus ultimately is the best example because we can read in the Bible and in the Gospels where it says that he went away to be alone with the Father. He went away to go up on a mountain by himself to pray. I mean, there is instances where we see in the Bible where Jesus went to the Father, but then Jesus even said so himself during the Last Supper. He said, I and the Father are one, like actively engaged. And whatever I saw the Father do, I did here. There's that active engagement. So if we're going to build God's kingdom, in order to be spiritually rested, we have to be actively engaged with Jesus, yoked with him, so that when he says do something, we do it. When he says, I want you to go here and witness to that person, we'll do it. See, those things don't come to you naturally. You have to work at it sometimes. And that work is to be connected to him and actively engaged. That's step three, or two. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. For any of us that think we can't go to him, get that out of your minds. That is not from God. That is the thought from the enemy. He is gentle and he is lowly in heart, which means he is approachable. So you can go to him, whatever it is that you that you need to go to him for, and I promise you you're going to find that rest in your spirit man. Because he says this, you will find rest for your souls. So step two, take up that yoke as well. Actively engage with Jesus. Be attentive. He is the Lord of your life, so let him lead you. And you can't do that unless you're engaged. He goes on in verse 30, he says, For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. There is this thing where you can sense if you are spiritually rested or not. When it comes to salvation, the Bible says what? That the Holy Spirit bears witness that you are indeed a child of God. So there's that inner peace of knowing that you have the eternal rest with Jesus in heaven. But then there's this, this inner knowing that you're actually clicking with Jesus. Like you are so connected that you have this inner peace and you really are spiritually rested at that time. And that's what I experienced in Scotland on that Sunday. 
before I preached. How many of you are married in here? Let me see your hands. When things are not going right in your marriage, do you sense it? There's almost like there's this inner disturbance. Sometimes we don't acknowledge that. And like in our marriage, sometimes we don't acknowledge if we're connected to Jesus or not. Salvation, this whole idea of working out our salvation in in fear and trembling, as Paul writes, the way that I take that verse is I got to work at staying connected to him. Now, I know once I get saved, Jesus puts the Holy Spirit in me, right? And I know he's there to help me. He's to bring things to my remembrance. He's to give me peace that only God can give me. I get all that. But then there's this thing called working at the relationship. And I've got to do that. Just because I got saved and my ticket is punched to heaven, there's this thing called following Jesus. And the only way that I can do that effectively, that we can do that effectively, is that we're actually connected to him. That we go to him, we're yoked to him, and then we're able to hear him and we then follow him. Step three is in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. That verse ends with an exclamation mark. What that means is it's a command. Be still. And as I've talked about how busy our lives are, it's hard to be still. Am I right? It's hard to be still. Yet God is commanding us to be still. He goes on to say that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Be still. This command is something that I think we have no idea how to enact in our lives on a daily basis. Being still means we turn off all distraction, all devices, right? Watch, phone, iPad, whatever it is that you have, computer, TV, radio, people sometimes, (laughs) Social media, the news, oh my gosh, please turn off the news. What God is saying here is I need your 100% undivided attention. I'm commanding you to be still. It means to be quiet. It means to listen. God still speaks today. Do we really believe that? Do you believe that? Then why don't we slow down, go to Jesus, actively engage with him, and then take time to just be quiet and listen for what he has to say. If I'm following Jesus, then I believe he is directing my path. He's going to tell me to go this way. The Holy Spirit's going to direct me to go this way. There's got to be that time of quietness. That's the third thing that we have to do. We have to be quiet. We have to turn off 
and shut down and just be with him. Spiritual rest is making the decision daily to go to him, connect with him, and be quiet before him. Ultimately, what this is meaning is spiritual rest is giving God space daily to move in your life. We got through singing this worship song, something has to break. I'm going to tell you, there's things in my life that just have to break. How about you? We had some hands that were raised today in regards to thought life, but some of us in here have some things in our life that have to break. And we're getting exasperated with God because we haven't seen those things break. Then my question to all of us, including me, is when was the last time you went to Jesus, you actively engaged him, and you're quiet? That's the reason why that thing has not broken yet. Because what I have learned in my walk is the more that I have that time, it don't matter what it is that has to break that's going on in my life, whether it's broken or not, I have that inner peace and that spiritual rest. And I could do anything, anything that God asked me to do, including the greater things. This is a discipline, a discipline that's gonna determine the level of our rest, both spirit, body, and mind. That's why we're called disciples of Jesus. It's a discipline. So what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna give you my step moving forward, and some people might, might laugh at this because they know my schedule, but lunchtime is my Jesus time. How many of you actually have a lunch hour at work? Lunch hour in schools, right? You have lunch hour, whatever. You take time to eat. Maybe it's not lunch hour, but you take a break to eat. Why don't we take one of those times to eat and just fast and just do this, go to Jesus, actively engage him in prayer, and then be still and listen. Do that on a daily basis, and I promise you, based on everything the Bible says and what my own experience has been, your life will go so much better. It just will. That time is so important, and we as a church need to be spiritually rested. I mean, I've talked this year about God doing extraordinary things in our life and doing extraordinary things through us. I've talked about how we are to bear fruit for the kingdom. I talked about just last Sunday how we are to give of our time and yes, of our money into God's kingdom. These things are all important. I've talked about how our church is to love God with everything we have and love people just as much. That is our vision for our church. All those things are important but probably one of the most spiritual things that we can do right now, spiritual things that we can do right now, is learn how to rest. Because all those things that I've preached on this year, including loving God and loving people, will be a heck of a lot more effective if we are spiritually 
rested. So next Sunday, I'm going to talk about our mental rest. What is it that you're allowing into your mind that you haven't filtered out that is causing stress, anxiousness, distraction? What are those things? We're going to talk about how we can mentally rest. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about our bodies. And one of the things I really felt led to talk about was sleep. How many of us are able to sleep through the night? How many, I see a couple hands, great. Man, I want to be like you all. How many of us maybe don't go to sleep when we probably should because we want time for ourselves? (laughs) This physical rest is just as important too, right? So with that, would everybody please stand? Nobody looking around. With heads bowed. I've just got through sharing with you that I have to make some more time. I gotta quit being Martha. Martha who is too busy to spend time with Jesus and be more like Mary who was sitting at his feet. If you're in this room right now and you know this is an area that you need to work on, then I just want to see your hand. Just raise your hand. If this is an area where you need to work on, all these hands going up, oh my gosh. Praise God that you all recognize this. Praise Jesus. That's awesome because I know that we're in this thing together amen we're in this together I'm going to encourage you to continue to take daily time to spend with Jesus to go to him to connect with him and to be still before him and the other thing I want to ask right now is how many of us in here have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior Do I have anyone in here that has never asked Jesus into their hearts? Because ultimately that rest is the most important rest because without that rest, you will not have a place in heaven. And instead of eternal rest, you will be experiencing hell. Is there anybody in this room that has not yet made that decision. And I see one hand down here. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else who wants to join this one? There is no more riding the fence because there's going to be a day when it's too late to do that. It's time to make a decision. Anybody. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you right now for everybody that's in this room. Father, I thank you for those that raised their hand and were honest and said, you know what? I need to work on my time with Jesus. I need to learn how to spiritually rest. Father, I thank you that as we move forward this week, that we remember to take that daily time. And the best time maybe is when we we eat. We know that's a time that we can go ahead and do that. So, Father, I thank you that you just remind our hearts. Give us 
the Holy Spirit sense that we need to take that time and, and just help us to be able to disconnect, to be still and to rest in Jesus this week on a daily basis. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I also, Father, I thank you for this young man down here that raised his hand to receive Jesus for the first time. Father, I thank you that that decision is the best decision that he's ever made. And Father, I thank you that when he receives Jesus today with the prayer team, that I thank you that he is going to be set free from whatever it is that's been burdening him, but I also believe that he will begin a life of following after Jesus with everything he has, that the plans that you have for him are tremendous. And we thank you, Father, for that right now in Jesus' name. And church, what I wanna do right now is pray over our offering I've intentionally left this at the end because this is another opportunity for us to worship God as we close out our service. So if you have an offering that you're going to give today, maybe you're going to make the decision to go ahead and volunteer in our church. You're making an offering. Or maybe today you're going to give financially into the church. This is an opportunity for us to do that because there is no way we can pay back what Jesus has done. There's absolutely no way. But, in, but we can worshipfully give in back into his kingdom. And so let's do that right now. So Father, I just wanna thank you for all of us that are gonna give into your kingdom through our financial offering and through volunteering in this church. Father, I just thank you that you bless everybody for making this heart decision. This decision is simply because we wanna worship you. We wanna give you thanks for what Jesus has done in our life. And we also wanna give you the ability and the resources to be able to help grow your kingdom in this world. And we just thank you that as this seed is sown, that it is sown into your kingdom and that there will be a harvest of people that will receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, whether in this area or across the world. It doesn't matter because we support missionaries as well. We just thank you that your will will be done. And we thank you that you bless us with more, you trust us with more so that we can continue to give into your kingdom. And we thank you for this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, thank you all for being here today. It is so good to see you all. Look, we'll see you next week. Go out, have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Sunday.